What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 40th episode of the PlayStation Drive. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Turford, and I'm joined, as always, by the man himself, Matt Sawinski. Matt, how are you doing this lovely, lovely Friday evening, good sir? I'm doing swell. I get to spend time with you on a Friday evening for once to talk some PlayStation, Ryan. I'm all good to go. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, it's uh, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like we can't just, you know, dance around the bush. First of all, apologies for the show being late this week, friends. Uh, We ran into some recording trouble where Matt and I actually recorded the entire show already. And then we basically mm-hmm. had to throw the recording out, so we had to do it over. So um, that's why the show is a little bit late, so I do apologize for that. Um, but we're here now to talk about PlayStation. But luckily, there's something that mm-hmm. I'll be talking about in the playlist that, in a way, it actually works out better that we're talking about this a day later, because I'll actually have things to talk about about a certain game that I know people are playing. But before we get into all that, of course, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Of course, you got to head on over to your po- your podcast service of choice to f- subscribe to us, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, we're on all the places that you find podcasts. So check us out there. Hit that subscribe button. Of course, you know, rate us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and then, you know, maybe leave a little Apple Podcast review. Maybe give us five stars over there. All that stuff helps the show gets discovered and it always it, it, really is really helpful to the show. Also, if you want to see our beautiful faces every week, hand over to YouTube at youtube.com slash Capri. We put up a video version of the show every single Friday morning, except for today where it's going up on Saturday. Again, apologies again. But of course, <laughs> like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment on the video, you know, telling us about, you know what, some of your favorite things for, that we talked about in this episode are or maybe, you know, ask us a question for next time or, you know, ding, ding, ding. Ring that bell for some notifications. And then last but not least, if you want early access to this and all of our shows, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Pre. Of course, you get early access to this and all of our shows, as well as some exclusive content over there. All right, without further ado, let's grab our A-Tracks, pop them in, because we've got to get this show going. It's time for the playlist, and uh, we played this game, some games this week, Matt. So let's start it off with you. What did you play this week, my friend? Yeah, I played and finished Horizon Forbidden West. I got through it in the last week. Uh, I am so happy to say that this game was everything that I wanted it to be. You know, I liked Zero Dawn, but wasn't crazy in love with it. While I thought it had some, you know, fantastic monster design and the combat was solid and like Aloy was really, really cool. Uh, I, I I felt that there was a lot left to be desired by its, you know, the rest of the everything, the side characters and um, in your traversal and the way that you moved around. Uh, Forbidden West takes all of that and makes it way, way better. The side characters are actually genuinely interesting. The side quests actually feel meaningful. And while they might not impact like the overall plot all the time, um, each one kind of felt like, oh, I actually want to complete this. I want to help this person. There's something here that I need to do. And it's usually, you know, it rewards you in a valuable way. Um, Aloy actually moving around is much more fluid, much more agile, much more fun to move around the map. So like and there was also just a lot more ways to interact with everything. So I really loved it. I really, really loved it. Um, I'm really excited for whatever they're going to be doing next. And I didn't expect the story to be what it was. And I'm very happy because the trailers gave next to nothing away. And I'm not going to spoil anything. I won't say anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it, it is a very fun and surprising ride, uh, which I really, really enjoyed. So, yeah, played it, finished it. And we'll have a review coming up um, on Burnout soon, along with an extra mile with myself and Mr. Sean Capri hitting soon as well so as ryan always says please be excited please be excited well uh thanks thanks for keeping it spoiler free i still don't have my copy of horizon yet um it is currently you know 
eventually going to get here. Maybe I, I have the collector's edition for Horizon coming. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll pre-order this and I'm sure it'll be here for launch day. And, uh, you know, a week later, I still don't have it yet. So um, maybe mm. it'll show up at some point. Maybe it just gets returned. Who knows? But um, I'm excited to dive into Horizon at some point. I, I, I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed yourself. And I'm here excited to hear kind of your final thoughts on like a review or extra mile with Sean. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad uh, maybe I'll be playing along with you when, when you do that. But you never know. But for me. Uh, of course, I talked about on last week's show where I've been in a bit of a gaming slump where I really just couldn't get into any games like for like six weeks, approximately, where I just I just couldn't play anything because I I'd mm-hmm. start playing and then, you know, more than less than an hour later, I'd be putting the controller down or even like sometimes like 15 minutes and I'm like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Like I just wasn't feeling playing games at that point. So. Of course, the influencer, Sean Capri, you might know him. Uh, he actually posted on Twitter that his kids uh, were actually um, asking him about, you know, Rock Band. And so they actually ended up pulling out Rock Band 2 for the Xbox 360 and then jamming out with it. And I saw that. I was like, hey, you know, Rock Band's a really cool game and I haven't played it in months. I should pull out my guitar and, you know, play some Rock Band 4. And I did that. And I, I felt like I really got my groove back, you know, just throwing it out there. We actually use that as the title of no! you know, the Xbox drive this week where I just I basically had like a three hour jam session. And I was like, I, I was feeling it. I was feeling like I was back as far as games were concerned. And then um, I took it a step further and then actually replayed Catherine Full Body, which is a game I really love um, from the PS3 generation. And uh I, I played the remake before back when it came out in 2019, um, but I hadn't played all of the paths yet. Um, so I wanted to try a different path with that game. I, of course, I'm not going to spoil it because there's like 12 different endings and there's a bunch of exclusive endings in this particular version of the game um, that, uh, again, I don't want to spoil for anyone who's never played it before. And but I, I still really love that game. It's kind of like, a, you know, a dating sim mixed with uh, mixed with uh, some puzzles. But Matt, you had a question. Question from the I have group. a question. I do. I do. Uh, Matt Swinsky from uh, all over the place. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I am. I don't like puzzles very much, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I am not a puzzle person, but Catherine is always a game that I've had my eye on because the art style looks cool. I love the I love the setup, the dating sim style of, of it all just intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Should I play it? Is this like platform puzzling or is this like annoying puzzling like it should i give it a try so there's essentially the you're there uh, are a bunch of blocks and you basically build the staircase out of the blocks and uh, like there are different variations to the blocks like some of them have spikes on them some of them are ice mm-hmm. so you slip on them and that's kind of where the puzzle element comes in where you're basically just building this big staircase to not die essentially but if you don't like puzzles but you like the story or you just want to experience the story and don't care about the puzzles there's literally a mode in this game where you press one button and it does the puzzle for you so so you don't even have to worry about it again that was something new they added in the remake because um in the the ps3 and 360 version um all the puzzles were mandatory unless you got like a gold medal on each one um and then like even if you played them on easy mode they were still really hard um so they they basically wanted to put it in there because people love the story so much that they are like, hey, why don't we just, you know, make it so that you could just skip all the puzzles if you if you're really enjoying the story. So that's something new to this version of the game. And it's awesome. So if you don't care about the puzzles, you don't even have to worry about it. You just press one button. and uh, away you go. I'm game. OK, that's definitely on the docket for this year. Then you just got me so hyped up on a game that I didn't even know I was going to play soon. But now I definitely am. I mean, and it goes on sale Ryan. all the time. So, I mean, it's definitely a game I recommend picking up. But speaking of games, Matt, there's another game just came out at midnight 
A lot of people mm-hmm. are playing it. This little game called Elden Ring. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Um, no. Is that like Lord of the Rings? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's got rings in it, so sure, it's all it's all pipes, anyways. But uh, <laughs> so Elden Ring is a game that I've talked about on many shows before. Where I've always talked about how I wasn't really interested in playing this game because I I don't really love the from software Souls like games. I like I like Souls like games um, from other companies. Like I like Neo a lot. I like Code Vein. Um, and I also really like Sekiro as well from from software because um, it was like so different from the other Souls games because. I mean, you were, you were, first of all, you were a ninja, you snuck around and murdered people. Like that was, that was my jam. Um, mm-hmm. So out with Elden Ring and hearing about it, you know, going into the game, I'd heard that it was just going to be more of like the same Soulsy experience just in an open world. And to me, that didn't really appeal to me. Um, but mm-hmm. I just happened to watch some people live streaming the game before the game came out. Um, and I became much more intrigued with it because it seems like, yes, even though the combat itself it's much closer to something like Dark Souls. The way that that combat interacts with the open world um, just completely changes the entire pace of the combat to the point where I felt pretty comfortable that this game would probably be up my alley. Um, And it Mm -hmm. it almost looked to me like, it almost reminded me of what, you know, how Metal Gear Solid 5, um, the Phantom Pain, actually changed the Metal Gear Solid play pattern by making an mm-hmm. open world. Like it's, it, it felt like a very similar experience by just looking at it. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give Elden Ring a chance because I love Phantom Pain and kind of ha- the way that that transformed, you know, the Metal Gear gameplay. So I was hoping maybe it would do the same thing for me with Souls. And it turns out, Matt, I played this game for seven hours and the game came out at midnight. This game's awesome. Like I'm really, really, I'm really into this game. I've killed a bunch of bosses. I'm going around exploring the world. I found some dungeons. I got a whole bunch of loot. I, I found a mysterious treasure box that when I opened it, it teleported me to like the other side of the map where the, the sky is like raining blood. <laughs> so it's like, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in this game, but I am just loving it. First of all, I love the, the, the stealth elements that are in this game because in, in this is in this game, you're able to crouch just like you could in Sekiro to kind of like reduce your footstep sounds. And then you can kind of get mm-hmm. behind the enemies and then do a critical hit. Uh, a lot of times it's either an instant kill or if you're not a high enough level, like it'll take off like half their health bar or something like that. And then you just take them down from there. So it does make some of the like lower combat, like non-boss encounters a little bit easier or just mm-hmm. more fun to me because I just love stealth games. So I'm I'm loving the idea of having a lot of stealth elements built into the game like that. Um, so yeah, I'm ha- I'm having a blast playing this game, and I- I'll talk about it more probably next week. Um, but I think I'm going to stick with this one. It's it's a gorgeous game. Um, I am not playing on PlayStation though. I am playing it on Xbox. The reason mm-hmm. for that being is that the frame rate is kind of all over the place with this game, regardless of what platform you play on. Like even if you play in the quality mode, it's not locked at a 30 frames per second. It's like it floats between 45 frames per second and 30 frames per second. And if you play in the mm-hmm. frame rate mode, it floats between 45 frames a second and 60 frames per second, but nothing's constant in that game. But the reason I chose Xbox is because for, of course, one of the features that's missing from the PlayStation five is variable refresh rate support, which is something they offer on Xbox, which helps out smooth out games like this. Um, so I'm basically playing it on the frame rate mode on Xbox and it, even though it's not actually running at 60 frames per second with variable refresh rate and, you know, AMD FreeSync on my TV, it looks like it is essentially like without a hitch, essentially. So it's not like you're not kind of messed up in the gameplay because you kind of need 
pitch perfect timing with a lot of stuff, you know, in a game like this. Um, so, you, you know, any drop in the frame rate can, you know, ruin your day in certain encounters. So, yeah, that's uh, why I'm playing it on Xbox. It's one of those features that I wish comes to, I really hope comes to play PS5 one day because then maybe I'll uh-huh. play more games on PS5 that that are intermittent like this. But any game I know where the frame rate's kind of all over the place like this one, like I always usually pick up on Xbox for that reason. So either way, I'm God, enjoying I'm it. Gonna, it's awesome. I'm sorry. I'm going to buy this stupid game, aren't I? No, you Damn it, every to. time. No, but it happens every time, Ryan. I get sucked into the hype. And like, I keep hearing about this. I keep seeing this on Twitter that people are like, I don't like FromSoft games. There's something about Elden Ring that has clicked mm-hmm. and they are enjoying it more than any FromSoft title before. And like, I've played my fair share. I finished Demon Souls. I played a lot of Bloodborne. I played a lot of Sekiro. So like, I, I understand the appeal, but like, that's why I was like, oh, the more I hear about this game, the more I want to buy it. And like, I have such a backlog right now that I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see. But the more I hear about it, the more I'm just like, my finger is hovering over that buy button. And yeah. like, who knows? I might be back here next week being like, I bought the stupid game and I <laughs> love the stupid game, but I'm going to be upset about it, even though the game is apparently incredible. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear more of your thoughts, but very quickly before we move off of this, I have to ask, what did you pick as your starting class? So I picked, um, I'm trying to remember the name um, but they're basically like a sword and and shield character that also uses support spells. Um, cool. I think they're called like the the covenant or something like that. They're basically a pre, I'm basically playing as like a paladin equivalent, where I'm kind of like a mm-hmm. knight who also can use healing magic, but can also use special skills like assassin step, which basically gives me like silent footsteps. Um, and mm-hmm. it makes my character harder to notice for the enemies. So again, I can just sneak around like really tough enemies or again, just do the stealth attacks that I, lo- that I talked about that I love so much. So um, I'm really love the loving the build of my character. I'm glad that I picked kind of the character class that I chose, but I, I don't think there's any wrong choice unless of course mm-hmm. you pick like the, the, the choice where you start at level one with literally no, no equipment. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that'll just ruin your day if you're not very good at this type of game. And I will say too, that the game itself, it's not any easier than any other Dark Souls games. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, my criticism always with these types of games has never been the difficulty because I like hard games. Um, it's always mm-hmm. been about the combat. So I will say to those that are looking at Elden Ring and thinking maybe it's a more approachable game, even though I think it's more approachable from a combat and, and minute-to-minute game standpoint, I don't think it's more approachable difficulty-wise. So if difficulty mm-hmm. in these types of games has always turned you off because you're going to die a lot, you're going to have to learn the enemy's patterns and and that's just the way this type of game is, you know, yep. then, then the game might still not be for you. So just keep that in mind uh, before you go press the buy button like Matt is tempted to right now. Um, Cause also to go on sale at some point too. So maybe, maybe if, if you're kind of on the fence, maybe it might be better since there are so many games right now, maybe just waiting until it goes on sale. But uh, either way, I'm, I'm enjoying it way more than I thought I would. So uh, I'll talk about it more next week. But anyways, mm-hmm. let's slam the brakes on this conversation. It's time for some breaking news. And uh, we got some cool news stories this week, starting off with PlayStation VR 2. Obviously, we've known that it's coming for a while, but now we got a, our first look at the headset. So we basically the PlayStation blog had a big article up, up about it where they didn't really go too much into specs because we did kind of have this spec sheet kind of already. But we got a new picture of what the headset actually looks like in it. Pretty much just looks like exactly what you expect. It's a black and white headset. It's sleek looking. It looks cool. It kind of looks like a mix between like the Oculus uh, and the and the PlayStation VR headset. Like it's more like a slimmer ver- version of the PSVR original headset. Um, and it mm-hmm. has a cable going into it that doesn't look like you can pull out. That goes into your console. 
Um, and you've got some new features they talked about in there, such as uh, some some vents in in the headset itself to kind of prevent you know fogging up on on the display, as well as an adjustment dial for those of the people who use glasses, as well as a new sense technology feature that allows the headset to give force feedback, kind of like the Dual Sense controller. So Matt. What do you think about mm-hmm. this? Being the PlayStation VR expert of the two of us, what do you think about this uh, this announcement and the new details? I'm in. I think it looks really nice. I think it has like a really uh, cool form factor. I'm glad that they didn't mess with it too much. Um, the PSVR is by far my favorite uh, VR headset ergonomically from the ones that I've tried uh, mm-hmm. and I've messed around with a bunch of them. I think it's the most com- comfortable. I think it's the best for like longer play sessions. It's not too heavy. Uh, it never made my neck, you know, hurt. After after a lengthy PlayStation uh, play, say, play session, not PlayStation. <laughs> so I'm excited to see that not a lot's changed in terms of just, you know, optimizing the design. Uh, I love the vents. I think that's such a cool feature. That was one of my bigger issues with the PSVR is just, you know, throwing it on and everything gets very foggy very quickly, especially with games like Superhot or um, or Beat Saber because you do sweat, you know, moving around in those games. So I'm, I'm stoked to see that they're kind of, you know, anticipating and planning for that a little bit more. So I, I'm in. I'm This is a day one for me. I'm like, I'm 100% there. Uh, and I can't wait to find out more about it. This this rollout of information that Sony likes to do with the PlayStation VR 2 for whatever reason, where it just randomly drops information at random days, at random <laughs> times. This was like yeah. 8 a.m. on a Wednesday or whatever. Like, it was like, what are you we're just... Just give us a state of play. Give us something. Just this, I, which I anticipate is what they're going to do once they actually reveal like a launch lineup and a release date and a price. But like, I don't know. That also could also all, hap- all happen in a PlayStation blog post at like 3 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday with the yeah. way that they're going about this. So I'm in. Um, what about you, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see more. Obviously, I'm not the type of person who's, you know, ju- jumping at the chance to go buy a PSVR on at launch. But I do want to try one out. And then hopefully I get less sick this time around. Um, and yeah, I think to to your point, I think what's going to happen with this, if I was to predict things, is that when um. they do have the price and the release date, I think they will do a state of play to kind of announce what the launch lineup is for this headset and then announce the price and the date and just have it like its own contained VR showcase kind of thing, I think is what I can imagine in my head is what they'll do. Otherwise, until mm-hmm. then, they'll drip feed information like this on the blog is kind of where I see them going with this. So yeah, it's a, it was a little weird kind of seeing this just randomly on Wednesday morning, just pop up. Um, but it's cool to see that they're at least talking about it and kind of giving mm-hmm. us more details. And, uh, and yeah, it sounds pretty promising, but Matt, before we go any further, let's bring in some of our listeners of the show who actually wrote us some questions about PlayStation VR too, starting with the most famous of all Seamus Mr. Famous Seamus over on Twitter, Seamus McIsaac. He asks thoughts on the new PSVR two headset, are you worried that all the extra features will result in a very high price tag? So Matt, I think the price tag for this is going to be pretty high given the features that we heard about from the spec sheet. I think we talked about it when, when we were talking about the the spec sheet details, but what do Mm -hmm. do you think the price is going to be on this? How high do they go? Yeah, it's going to be pricey. This is going to be a, like a niche, you know, uh, high piece of tech that only like the you know diehards are going to be buying up front it is nice to see that it, uh, see, at least on you know stuff on reddit and twitter there does seem to be much more hype around this than there was with the initial launch of the psvr um but this is going to be a premium 
quality piece of technology that will cost you quite a bit um, to, to, you know, to buy. Because again, like we already know that they are approaching the original PSVR as kind of like the original PlayStation. And now that they've, they've seen enough success that they're confident in making this one even more incredible and trying to, you know, match a lot, a lot of the specs or exceed a lot of the specs that we see in traditional PC VR headsets. This is going to be a hefty price tag that I would not be surprised if is as much, if not more than, um, the PS5 itself, especially given that, you know, when the PSVR originally came out, you know, there was the bundle with the camera and the moves and not, you know, that was older tech, but they're obviously pouring a lot into these new controllers as well. So again, that must be costing quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. while it's nice that the camera won't be an issue anymore, I do still think that between the headset and the controllers itself, this thing is going to be a lot, Ryan. What about you? Yeah, same. I mean, especially with when we look at even just to buy the PSVR one headset by itself, it costs, I think it was like 550 to 600 Canadian dollars by itself, um, which was more than the PlayStation 4 Pro at the time. And Mm -hmm. I imagine that they don't shy away from because we've seen them talk on people uh, from people on Twitter saying that there's there's no way there's no way they can price this more than the console itself. But I'm actually pretty sure they're going to price this higher than the console itself. I'm actually pretty sure that this is going to be 599 Canadian dollars is the price I'm going to sell on for this one. I think that 599 Canadian. Yeah. 599 Canadian 549 US. I think is where they're going to where they're going to side with this one. I think that's that's what what my prediction is. It's what my Ryan senses are telling me that. But uh, do you have a do you have an exact prediction? What what do you think? Because we got to we got to take odds on this one. I think it's going to be 599 US. I don't oh. think this thing is going to be cheap. I don't think this thing is going to be cheap, but like especially with the amount of tech that they're packing into it and the controls as well. I think this is going to be 599 US and then whatever the conversion works out to, whether it's 649, 699, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be pretty much as much as the PS5 disc, which is like 649 in Canada here, I think. It's still yeah. sitting somewhere around there. So that, that that's my prediction. Yeah. So there you go. I think it's going to be expensive, but let's also bring in Fulia from the Discord. And she says, I've never played any games in VR, so I'm pretty curious and excited for PSVR 2 with PSVR 2 on the way. What games are you hoping to see versus what games we'll probably get? So at launch, I imagine the more of the games that we're going to get at launch are probably going to be more experiences, you know, like what we saw at the PlayStation VR launch, you know, stuff like, you know, Batman Arkham VR, where you're putting on the Batman suit and. You're walking around the Batcave and that's about it. <laughs> um, but I think you'll see less of it this time around because what I'm hoping to see is maybe inter- integration of VR into games that are going to be out this fall that aren't, you know, PlayStation VR specific games um, that maybe mm-hmm. allow you to play the whole game in VR even, like especially if it's a first person game or a game that's specifically designed to take advantage of that tech. Um, but also I just hope that they bring in some more like PlayStation IP, like kind of what they're doing with Horizon. Um, I think they mm-hmm. could do a lot of interesting stuff. But honestly, it, what I'm expecting is probably just more like more one-off experiences, maybe a, a sequel to Astrobot, um, as well as that Horizon game at launch. And then maybe we get some different games later. But Matt, what do you think about this question? I really do think and hope that they're going to shy away from the experiences as much this time around. I feel like they kind of have they they had to do that with the original, you know, with the original because they didn't really know what they were doing at that point. I would hope by now that they're much more comfortable in developing for VR. Um, so I would hope that we see more first party PlayStation IP, like an Uncharted game would be a really easy sell and not that difficult to pull off. I, I, I imagine um, 
along with like, you know, like a Ghost of Tsushima possibly. Well, that's going to, whether that's going to be there at launch or not, I do suspect that we'll hear about stuff like that. Uh, what I think that the launch lineup is really going to be is a lot of, you know, PC ports, mm-hmm. stuff like Half-Life. Um, a lot of stuff, uh, games that couldn't run on the original PSVR that now because of things like the controller and the added tech will be able to run on PSVR 2 alongside the PS5. So I think we're going to get a bunch like I think we'll get a couple first party things. Um, but I think with the predominantly what we're going to be seeing is, um, you know, PS, uh, PC, ga- PC VR games that are either that have come out or are coming around around the same time. And then hopefully I really do hope because I, I think you're kind of spot on with seeing games that we already have being playable in um, playable in VR. Gran Turismo is probably going to be a slam dunk, easy mm-hmm. way to win, you know, for a lot of the racing fans in that game's coming out soon. Um, and for that to have a full VR mode, I, I hope we get more of that stuff as well. But I think what we're going to get is a couple of, uh, you know, first party stuff with a lot of ports from PC. Yeah. And also I'll, I'll throw it in there as well that we'll probably also see ports from PSVR one. Um, like mm-hmm. maybe like updated versions of original games because we know, or at least we've heard that the games will not be backwards compatible. Um, but maybe there's some games like Moss 2 when it comes out later this year. Maybe they design that game to work natively um, with maybe mm-hmm. with a patch or something like that. But you might even see something like Moss 1 get like a redesign with maybe some updated graphics and visuals and then it working with the new PSVR headset. Stuff like that. I expect we, we see things like that where they can sell mm-hmm. you games they've already sold you before as well so there you go yeah all right next news story of course playstation plus games for march have been announced here are the four games that we are getting this month we're getting ghost runner on ps5 and then our ps4 games are arc survival evolved team sonic racing and ghost of Tsushima legends now before i go to you matt to ask we the energy andrew aka andrew simichak on the discord asked the question what is the first game you're downloading for next month's PS Plus lineup. So Matt, what is the first game of all these games I'm going to list off that you're going to download first? And what do you think about this lineup? Uh, I'm not going to download any of these. I'm going back to Godfall, the the premium P- uh, PS Plus title that we've gotten in the last year. Uh, everybody knows that that's all that people are playing. Of course. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I'm stoked on Ghost Runner. It's a game that I've had my eye on for a long time. It just looks badass. You're like the cyber ninja just flying through, you know, environments and slicing up enemies. So this was one for me that like I was always about to buy. Um, and now that I'm actually going to be able to play it is awesome. I'm pretty sure they have a new expansion coming out next uh, next month as well. So the timing of this works out. If you really enjoy it, then you'll be able to have more content that you'll be able to pick up right around then as well. Uh, for the rest of the month, I think it's solid. Um Team Sonic Racing is, I've, I've always heard cool things about. Um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends is just fantastic. That game is so, so good. And to, like, with the amount of work that they've put into the multiplayer mode, I really do think it can stand on its own without much of an issue. So like, I'm glad that more people will be able to jump in and check it out. For Ark, uh, it's not my type of game, and I've never heard anything good about any of the console ports. So that one for me is kind of a letdown. But the rest of the month is pretty strong. And also, like... Some like well, not it's not inherently part of PlayStation Plus. Whenever GTA Five drops as well, we're also beginning GTA Online for free with PlayStation Plus for the next few months. So there's mm-hmm. also that um, to kind of round up the month. But yeah, I think this is a solid month, and you know, historically, March has always been a good month for PlayStation Plus, and I don't think this one let it down. Yeah, I mean, it's easily way better than last month. I, I'll say that mm-hmm. last month was a bit of a downer. We talked about it on the show before, so yeah, I definitely think this is much better. And really, the only down game on here which is what they consider the bonus game on here anyways is arc survival evolved because the console port of arc survival evolved i know people love it on pc but the console version of that game is pretty pretty bad 
uh, especially uh, <laughs> it's not really optimized super well. It doesn't run very well. And you got to you go into like the console to do stuff. And whenever you have to go into a console on a console game, Matt, I'm just like, no, I'm good. I don't need to play this game. Uh, but mm-hmm. but I'm actually probably download Team Sonic Racing first because I actually really like that game a lot. I have it on Xbox and I love playing it there. And I'm excited to play it on, on PlayStation as well because I think that's an underrated kart racing game uh, that uh, it just didn't get amazing reviews when it came out because um, it, it was just, I don't know, it, it was more of the same when, when you consider the last Sonic game. But on PlayStation, we don't have access to any of the other you know, Sonic racing games. So at that point, just have at it. I think, I think this is actually a really fun game, especially if you like stuff like double dash, because there's a lot of team mechanics that are built into this as well. That kind of remind me of playing a game like double dash. So definitely check out team Sonic racing as well. I recommend it, but yeah, ghost runner as well. I've heard good things about that as well. So definitely check that out. Uh, but at least this month, Matt, the one thing we can say is we'll probably actually claim all the games this month. (laughs) Some other months. I mean, I I love how you joked about playing Godfall, Matt, because you probably never even claimed it. You know, I didn't. I stuck to my word. I did not claim that piece of garbage. I I still I held strong. I thought about it, but I didn't. You almost you were your finger is over the button. All right. Next (laughs) up in a surprising move, Sony and Devolver Digital have announced that Shadow Warrior 3 will be launching day one into PlayStation now on March 1st. Now, this is a big deal because this is the very first game to launch day and date in PlayStation now, like even stuff like Grand Theft Auto three, when, when we got that from the definitive edition, it still took a couple weeks after the release date to come to PlayStation now, but this is the first time we're getting a day and date game. Um, also, we haven't gotten the full update on PlayStation now's lineup for, for March yet. Um, it usually comes around this time. So I'm actually surprised we didn't get it even with the extra day here. Um, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it on next week's show. But before I go to you, Matt, to ask about this, let's bring in Seamus McIsaac once again, who asked the question, does Shadow Warrior 3 being on PlayStation Now at launch make you think that Sony might just offer third-party games at launch rather than making its first-party games at, coming out at launch? Is this a smart play? So, Matt, what do you think about this announcement and about Seamus' question? Yeah, so I think this is great. I, I hope that this is a sign of things to come. Like, we got some rumors for Spartacus, but, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it once we get actual official confirmation. But, like, for me... I don't think they're going to do anything spectacular with their first party games. If those, you know, if what Death Stranding's trial was any indication, we might see more of that, um, which I really hope that, you know, the download part is not going to be part of your trial, especially if you're paying for it. But for me, like, I, I think this is really cool. I've never played any of the Shadow Warrior games, so I can't speak to the quality of the game itself. But like, I'm glad that we're starting to see this. And I hope this is this is an indication of what they're getting ready for with whatever Spartacus is going to be. So that even though you're not going to properly support it with new first party titles, I do hope that they're kind of, you know, gearing up to have a lot of third party come day and date to the service because they are going to need it. They are going to need that third party support to make Spartacus comparable to what Game Pass is now, which is obviously what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think this is a solid first step. And I I hope we hear more about Spartacus soon officially alongside. I, you know, I I hope we get a lot more of this going forward, Ryan. But where are you at on this? Yeah, especially like because we don't normally again, we usually have the PlayStation now drop by this time so unless they're mm. going to surprise us over the weekend with it like february will basically be over on monday so it'll be that <laughs> or leave, drop it on monday but i feel like 
maybe that might be an indication that maybe we're going to be hearing about Spartacus very soon um, as kind of like the, the rumors indicate, which again, when we have the full details about it, that's when we'll talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like, I think they're going to go the full trial route for their, for their first party games. And if they're going to go that route with those and they're not willing to put those games on, on uh, Spartacus day one, then they're in order to compete with game pass, they will have to get a lot more third party stuff than Microsoft has to do. But I mean, if there's any company that likes to shell out for third party exclusives of some kind, uh, that's it's Sony. So I think that mm-hmm. that it's going to work out perfectly where I think we might see, you know, Square Enix launch some of their games day and date on, on the service or Bandai Namco, um, or Sega or, or a lot of these other games that we see coming out, like a, a game, for example, that just came out today, the day we're recording this, um, Atelier, um, Sophie two, uh, which mm-hmm. of course coming out the same day as Elden ring is only coming out on PlayStation and switch. And I think that's the type of game, for example, that, the it's launching on Elden Ring. It needs all the helping it gets. And one of the best ways it could have gotten help is if it launched day and date on PlayStation now um, yep. as, as part of Spartacus. So I think like that's that's the type of move we're going to see with maybe some smaller like B tier or, or A tier um, like exclusives on Sony or, th- or third party games on Sony um, and maybe even some some triple uh, A stuff as well, like from Square Enix as well. Like it is. I think we live in a world, Matt, where it's possible that Final Fantasy 16 is a day and date game on Spartacus. So I would freak out. I would freak out, Ryan. I really hope that's the case. I, I think you're right, but man, I would tweak in such yeah. a good way. So yeah, I think this is the sign of things to come more than anything. And uh, yeah, I think it's exciting to see. Also, again, I know a lot of people are actually pretty excited about Shadow Warrior 3 as well. Like it's a arcadey first person shooter, kind of similar to something like Painkiller or Doom or um, something like that. So it looks like a fun game. It, like it kind of give me like serious Sam vibes when I see the trailer. So I'm interested to try it out, especially if it's on PlayStation. Now I might actually, you know, subscribe and check it out, especially if again, Spartacus is around the corner. But next up, it's time to talk about the countdown clocks, Matt, because we talked about <laughs> countdown clocks on last week's show. And we got the results of the countdown clock showdown starting with capcom of course they had a couple of announcements but the first one being street fighter 6 has been announced it's official i'm sorry matt it was not resident evil 4 remake i mean actually mm-hmm. i really wanted it to be resident evil 4 remake as well but that was not in the cards this time around we got a short 30 second trailer with you know ryu and the other character that whose name i'm blanking on who was like the last piece of dlc for street fighter 5 and they're just staring at each other. And then you've got like a hint of like, you know, the the artistic flair that we saw from Street Fighter five and and the trailer ends. So mm-hmm. we don't have any information other than we'll hear more information about it over the summer. They didn't even announce platforms for this thing. We're just assuming it's coming to PlayStation. So, Matt, what do you think about the announcement of Street Fighter six? Do you care? Yeah, I think it's really cool that we saw Ryu and Wombo in the trailer. Um, I think that that's a really cool way to kind of start showing that off. Um I'm not a fighting game guy, so this announcement doesn't really do too much for me. Uh, I love how the majority of the discourse around this was already leveled at like the the way that the logo looks and how people found it on like the Adobe website. Um, So I'm sure that's going to be changed before launch uh, because it really does look like a notification that you have unread emails. Um, But yeah, I think the graphics look very pretty. There's a lot of people zoning in on reuse pelvic area yeah. um and we're, we have basically you know giant woman from resident evil 8 repeat but you know with ryu this time i was thinking um, more adam driver from the last jedi you know 
that that also works 100 yeah. percent um so for me yeah i uh, whatever like I'm, I'm curious to see more i hope it's better out the gate than street fighter 5 was because i know that while now people seem to like it it was a mess when it came out and very you know uh feature lacking so i, I hope they nail it this time but just this isn't particularly for me ryan but what about yeah. you i know you like fighting games more than i do are mm-hmm. you excited about a new street fighter i'm excited to see one i mean it's been so long since street fighter 5 came out like that was like a I think it was 2014 or 2015. It came out. It was a long time ago. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since we've had a new street fighter game and street fighter has been kind of like the middle of the road fighting series for me. Cause I, I like a lot of fighting games, but I'm more of the like, uh, our system works games are all at the top for me. So guilty gear, blaze blue, dragon ball fighters. That's kind of my mm-hmm. jam. Um, and then mortal Kombat, and then street fighter. And then you've got stuff like dead or alive and soul caliber below that. Um, that's kind of mm-hmm. my own personal hierarchy for fighting games. So um, I'm excited that there's a new street fighter game. I want to learn more. I just really hope that they just don't make the mistake of street fighter five, where they release like a complete package this time around where they don't, you know, add an arcade mode and stuff or a story mode, like six months after the game comes out. Like I want all that stuff at launch and just make it feel like it's a complete game. And then if they want to add characters and DLC and microtransactions later, that's fine. Like I, I just, I want, I want it to feel like an actual game that you buy in the store. So listen, Ryan, if that teaser was any indication, we already know that there's, that the game is going to be a complete package. Okay. So don't worry about it. I hate you so much right now, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll be talking about street fighter six later when we hear more information. Like they said, it's going to be the summertime when we, the, the next time we hear about this. So um, we'll, we'll talk about it more then, but Mm-hmm. Next up, and this is something <laughs> I am very excited about, um, Capcom have also announced the Capcom Fighting Collection. It will feature 10 games, including all five Dark Stutterkers titles, Red Earth, Cyberbots, Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, and Hyper Street Fighter 2. All 10 games will have online play with rollback netcode and will be available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 on June 24th. So I actually love the Darkstalker series. I actually think... I'm more of a fan of like the Darkstalkers games than the Street Fighter games um, of okay. old, especially because Darkstalkers is almost like this t- like wacky take on, you know, the the Universal Monsters series where you've got like the Wolfman, you got Frankenstein and uh, like Dracula and you've got all kinds of like capcom kind of takes on a lot of a lot of these characters. Uh, and it's just a really fun fighting game. So I'm very mm-hmm. excited we're getting those, especially because two of the Darkstalkers games only ever came out in Japan on consoles. We never, they never got North American releases. So this is the first time they're being localized. So I'm very happy to see those. Also red earth is a, like, uh, um, like a prehistoric fighting game that plays similarly to street fighter. Um, it's been never been released outside of arcades. So it's, it's this is gonna be its first home console release. And then like stuff like Cyberbots is like super, you know, rare, uh, like on earlier consoles, like the Sega Saturn and PS one and stuff. So it's like, not a lot of people have played a lot of these games, Matt. And I'm very excited to play them again. Cause again, I love fighting games, especially a lot of old fighting games. I love going back to, um, although I'm, I'm more of a fan of going back to stuff, you know, like Marvel versus Capcom two or, uh, mm-hmm. guilty gear X, X two and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, Matt, does this announcement do anything for you? Cause I'm stoked for this, but I, I imagine you probably don't care too much. I don't really like Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo is cool because that one famously has, you know, the different Tetris pieces fighting against each other. Um, so like outside of that one, I'm not really too excited about any of this, but I'm glad it's there for the fa- for the fans. Like this is yeah. obviously um, for a lot of people. I know Darkstalkers is, is, is a particular highlight for them. So I'm excited that people will get to experience this again, but this is not for me. 
it's a series that I've hoped would come back for a long time. And I'm glad they're at least test, maybe testing the waters with something like this. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. get, eventually get a new Darkstalkers game down the road. But I, I, I love the idea of doing co- collections like this. Because Capture, I think, d- doesn't get enough credit for a lot of the collections that they do. Because they do a lot of good collections. And it's been a while since they've done um, like, like this. Because I think the last Capcom collection that we got was the Mega Man um, Zero collection, I think was the last one we got. So I'm very glad that we're... I know, I know. You're expecting Battle Network to come back eventually, <clears throat> but not this time around. All right. <clears throat> and then last news story to kind of wrap up the show this week. The other countdown timer from Atlas. We got to talk about this one because this one will probably be much more up Matt's alley. Yay. Atlas have announced Soul Hackers 2 a sequel to 1997's Sega Saturn title, Soul Hackers. It also got a re- 3DS remake as well. So many people might only know it from the 3DS version, but it was originally a Sega Saturn game that only came out in Japan, of course, just like all great games. But this time, the sequel is going to launch on PS4 and PS5 on August 26th. So funny enough, the remake <laughs> to Soul Hackers came out on 3DS but this time around, it's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Series X and PC. So no no Nintendo, but it's coming to Xbox. So I don't know what's going on with this one, but they had a, a cool like three-minute trailer for this, Matt, and I am hyped for this game. It looks great. What do you think, though? Yeah, for a game that I had never heard of outside of like when you put it on my radar last week when we were talking about the countdown timer, um, this looks awesome. I like the art style. I think it looks super cool. I mean, we, you know, as we all know, I'm a massive JRPG fan and, you know, I'm always excited about journeying into a new JRPG, uh, a new experience. And this looks really, really cool. I'm super excited to see more from it. Like it, it really is giving me Tokyo Mirage Session vibes. Like you can very clearly see the DNA of that game um, mm. in this one. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited to learn more. I this quickly shot up my list for games I'm stoked about this year for a game that I'd never heard of before. Uh, I do wonder if we're going to be able to play the original in some way, shape or form and how much that game might influence the sequel, um, if at all. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to learn more, Ryan. This this looks awesome and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, because it'll be they'll have to have something in the game to catch you up on the story, at least a little bit, if it ties into it again. We just don't have any details as to you know, whether it ties into the original game and if it does how, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just too early to tell. So at least hopefully if they do go the route of they're not going to port the original, at least give us some kind of details, but they, they definitely can't just port the 3DS remake because it does really use both screens of the 3DS to mm-hmm. great degree. So it would not be an easy port. It's one of the reasons why I don't think we'll ever see ports of Persona Q2 or anything like that as well, because they just rely so much on the 3DS as a, as a console. Um, but I'm, I'm super jazzed for this. Just to your point, it looks like it almost looks like a Tokyo Mirage second session sequel, just without Fire Emblem characters in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And because uh, this time they shifted the perspective to third person because the original Soul Hackers was a first person dungeon crawling RPG. Um, but, and it played the, the combat system was similar to something like, you know, the old school fantasy star games. Um, but this time around, it looks, uh, very different. And again, I'm stoked for this one. Also, I'm very glad that it's coming out right away. Like they're doing a worldwide release for this one, just like sh- they did with Shimigami Tensei, uh, five on, on the switch. So yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked that we don't have to wait, you know, six to eight months after the Japan version comes out before we play it. Kind of like what we did with Monarch where that game came out last year on, uh, in Japan, but it, Mm-hmm. We just played it, the, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, yep. Anyways, we got to get going, Matt, because that's all for the today's show. But before we go, Matt, plugs go. 
Yeah, very quickly, I want to give a shout out to good old L Babbins on Twitter. If you're not following him already, you should be because of his uh, call out of the Amazon stock, well, Amazon price mistake. I got a pink DualSense controller for like pretty much 50% off. I got it already. It looks beautiful. I love how bright it is. Uh, so shout out to him if you're not following him. He's also the reason I was able to secure multiple PS5 for friends. So I just wanted to shout him out because yay, because like literally like three or four hours after that tweet, it was already fixed and back up to its almost $100 price tag. But as for myself, you can find me over on Twitter at burnout underscore Matt. You can find us over at youtube.com slash burnout brighter. We have our Black History Month, our mental health power up series currently going along with the, you know, regular tomfoolery that we do uh, we'll have more reviews coming very soon and you can find me over starting to do a little bit of writing stuff try you know prepping myself for for more writing endeavor at lv1gaming.com very nice my friend as for me you can find me on twitter at ryan turford you can find us on twitter at yumi capris on youtube at youtube.com slash yumi capri and on podcast services around the globe so for matt Sawinski, i'm ryan turford this has been episode 40 of the playstation drive and we're out the PlayStation Drive is fueled by patrons over at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you to our over 70 patrons, starting with our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can check out his new album, In My Element, over on Apple Music, as well as his website, and Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and our gold members, Argo, Brandon Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, Tony Baker, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash Capri and pick the tier that's right for you.